You are listening to. You are listening to. You are listening to. Rural Voices, the Rural Youth Europe podcast. Hello and welcome back to Rural Voices. I'm Dan and this is the start of the third series of the Rural Youth Europe podcast. We are back for 2022 and this year I'm excited to say that we are back at physical events in real life doing what Rural Youth Europe does best. Throughout the year, we will be covering all our events here on the podcast, as well as hearing from brilliant individuals, from our member organisations doing incredible things and working on some exciting projects. This first episode has been recorded at our first event of the year. A couple weeks ago, we were in Budapest for our joint study session with CJA in cooperation with the Youth Department of the Council of Europe. It was called Feed It Forward, Food as a Human Right. And in this episode, we will hear from the prep team, the experts, and most importantly, the participants. This episode has so many different voices, so many different accents from across Europe. So let's get on with it. Here is what to expect in today's episode. The most important is to act locally and think globally. And what we should uh, uh, tell our, our local governments that they should support local farmers. Because if we have like a very strong, empowered farmers, it means that we will have seasonal and local food, which is very sustainable and it is very ecological. We find it very important that there is this uh, opportunity to... Yeah, sort of dream, you know, to, to just invent something that may seem very infeasible right now, but that may be possible in the future. And if you don't dare to see these possibilities or or these to have these dreams, then of course we're never going to get there. Can I just say I am absolutely exhausted and that's purely because I... I don't want to go to sleep at night like you go to bed and you're just so conscious you're like hang on am I missing out on something because you learn so many different things and meet so many different people so so I'm currently at the airport in London waiting to catch my flight to Budapest so I thought this would be a good opportunity to have a little look at the agenda for the week for our study session. It feels a bit surreal going to a live Rural Youth Europe event after so many events online. Actually it was the first ever episode of Rural Voices released back in March 2020 that I covered our study session in Strasbourg. Little did we know then that the next episode that featured a physical event would be two years later, but here we are. Um, This week in Budapest, we are tackling the topic of sustainability of the food system, looking at the production and consumption of food and how we make our food systems more sustainable. We have 24 participants attending from across Europe. Uh, Some will be from a farming background, so very familiar with how they sit within the food supply chain. And some of the participants won't won't be, and it, it will be interesting to see everyone's differing perspectives at the event. Looking at the agenda, we have sessions on food as a human right, sustainability, the climate crisis, we are welcoming experts on the environmental impacts of the food system as well as lobbying and advocacy and as we're talking about food for a week 
I'm very excited to see we're having an international buffet on the Tuesday night. It wouldn't be a Rural Youth Europe event without it. Um, I can't wait to get out there and meet the rest of the prep team. We've got John and Eristina from the Rural Youth Europe team and Alicia and Loretta from Sieja, as well as the team from the Council of Europe. So yeah, let's go join them out there. I've got a plane to catch. The next stop is the European Youth Centre in Budapest. Hi John and Loretta, welcome to Budapest, welcome to the Rural Voices podcast. You are both on the prep team for our joint study session here at the European Youth Centre. John, you are Rural Youth Europe's project manager and actually this is your first Rural Youth Europe event in real life since you've started. How does it feel being here in Budapest and welcoming participants? Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic, Dan. Um, It's so nice to finally be able to attend an event and having worked on this kind of for the last year, it's so nice to actually see it happen because I only worked for Rural Youth Europe since the start of last year and of course we had no events then, so it's it's great to have this now. Yeah, no, yeah, it is so exciting to finally be here and we're holding this event in conjunction with CJA. Loretta, you're here representing CJA as part of the prep team. What is your role in CJA and, and also for those of our listeners that don't know, can you briefly explain what CJA is? Yes, of course. So I'm a trainee at CIJA and CIJA is the European Council of Young Farmers. So we uh, act as a messenger, I would say, between young farmers and European institutions and to make sure that young farmers' voices are heard. So we're here for a week uh, with 24 participants to talk all things food and sustainability. John, what are the main aims of the week? So the main aims of the study session are to kind of um, explore food uh, in terms of the various features, adequacy, availability, sustainability and access to explore different types of food systems, the contradictions in our food systems, look at health and sustainability of food, um, and generally give an understanding of of the food systems and the food Mm. systems of the future. Brilliant. And Loretta, what are you hoping that the participants will get out of this week? What are they going to take away after this week is is up? Mm, I think we we really want um, to reflect on sustainability and to make sure that they um, understand that it's really context-specific. Um, to um, sensibilize them uh, at different issues and actually I think we really want to hear from them what they have to say and uh, act more like as a be here to support them and uh, I think most of the content will come from them and from the diversity of the participants we have here. Yeah, definitely. And we will definitely be hearing from the diversity of participants here on the episode and the diversity of their different views and opinions. I can't wait to hear them. Um, John, is there any particular sessions that you're looking forward to? I think for me, one of the most exciting sessions will come towards the end of the week, which will be this sustainability cookbook. Um, This will hopefully bring together all the things the participants will have learned at that stage and the knowledge they have shared about sustainability, about different food systems, and they will use their own recipes that they've presented from all across Europe and all kinds of different cultures. And we will make this an output of the session where we will kind of like write it up and make it look nice and distribute it and put it on our learning platform. And I think that will be a really nice outcome and it will summarize what we've done for 
the whole week. Yes, no, yeah, I definitely cannot wait for for this cookbook. Um, so Loretta, we've we've got participants from lots of different backgrounds, as we've mentioned, nationalities, and and I'm sure their own ideas about diets, food, and what sustainability means to them. Um, I'm sure it's safe to say we'll, we will be providing lots of space to debate and really discuss these topics in depth. Yeah, I think our main role is to create this safe space and make sure that every accent is heard and that we hear the most of uh, what our participants have to say. Brilliant, yeah. Oh, it's going to be a really great week. In the rest of this episode, we will be hearing from lots of participants and their thoughts, as well as the views from the experts. I will leave you both to your preparations. I hope you have a brilliant week. Thank you. Great, thanks very much, Dan. You are listening to... You are listening to... You are listening to... Rural Voices. The Rural Youth Europe podcast. So it's about time we hear from some of the participants at the event. On day two, we had a reflection on healthy and sustainable food and what is sustainability. Everyone was given the task of thinking about if they were pitching to the European Parliament, local governments, MEPs, about making our food systems more sustainable, what recommendations would they have? And this is what they had to say. So the first one is a movement which is sort of in the rise um, within the UK, more within English uh, arable groups, is the three principles of conservation agriculture. That's looking at minimum or no tillage. So rather than ploughing, you'd be using a process called direct drilling. There'd be no synthetic inputs. So if you wanted to fertilise your ground, you'd be using um, animal manure or farmyard waste. There's constant soil cover. So after you've taken your harvest your crop of wheat or corn or oats, you'd then be planting something, a cover crop immediately, which could be legume base or grass variety, so that any nutrients which is left over in the soil is not being wasted and is constantly being put to use. So uh, I would like to encourage local government and my group discussed that the most important is to act locally and think globally and what we need and what we should uh, uh, tell our, our local government that they should support local farmers because uh, ha- uh, if we have like a very strong, empowered farmers, it means that we will have seasonal and local food which is very sustainable and uh, it is very ecological. And also uh, we uh, think that it's very important to promote education um, uh, at school about healthy food and to uh, like increase awareness why it's important to do composting, why it's important to reduce food waste and how we should uh, produce in a way that it's like really ecologic. People need to know more knowledge about food and the, for maybe, maybe the food process, how it's gone and uh, even as, uh, um, including food, food wasting. So, but uh, the food process, um, how um, maybe like, uh, f- what is it, 50, 60 years ago, from a bread, a farmer got, in former times, got 30, 40% of the income, and now it's 4%. And so the customer is thinking, where's the gap? And so um, it's, uh, I think uh, that's important, because the nutrition, you can read it on the backside of the, of the, um, of, of the food, but uh, the process where, where it's all gone and uh, how it's created. That's what we think is important. Uh, the first thing is that we have to protect our planet. If we are protect our planet, that means that we are protected. Uh, uh, we are protecting environment, human, and and also animal. So the local is really important. We have to support local farms and other pro- producers 
not just uh, food, but everything, also local clothing, local shoes, everything. Uh, the prices ha has to be fair for everybody. And we also want more transparency for consumers. We also want to know uh, a lot more about the backgrounds of the products and uh, education in this point is also really important and uh, appreciation and respect for human animals and environments at all stages. I think it's important to know about food. For example, in Finland, where I work in my organization, it's 4-H, uh, there we have a, a activity that we go to schools and teach kids uh, how to uh, recycle and try not to uh, waste the food. It's important that already kids and youth know about food and what is uh, what is healthy. And uh, also, we have uh, in Finland in our schools we have cooking lessons. Uh, it's compulsory. Uh, we also want to uh, focus on to eat natural and nutritious food. And we mentioned as well uh, to think about a food pyramid to see what your body needs so that you don't eat too much and waste too much food. Um, we were also uh, talking about compulsory cookery lessons for um, up until 13 years of age, which is absolutely vital. And I feel that um, a lot of poor food decisions are made through lack of education. And it's not that it's just always the easy option to go for the frozen pizza, as we said yesterday, but it's, um, it's, it's that if you know how to cook good, healthy food and to source good, sustainable, healthy products that are local within reason, take pressure off the healthcare system because obesity and the likes of that, when you're eating good, healthy food and you realize what you put in your body is, um, is a moment on the lips, a lifetime on the hips. <laughs> that doesn't make it into the podcast. Yeah. <laughs>so we are now joined by Renee Cardinal. She is one of the experts joining us here this week. She is a PhD candidate for the Farming Systems Ecology Group at Wagon University. Thank you so much for joining us, Renee. This afternoon, you led a session about the environmental impact of food system choices. How did you find the session? What did you think of the group? It was really enjoyable. Uh, first of all, also, thank you for the invitation. It's really nice to be here in Budapest. And uh, yeah, it's a really nice place to be, nice group to work with. It went very well. I really enjoyed it. Um, everyone was super open-minded. Um, even people approached me afterwards saying that they were scared that it was going to be such and such. But it was uh, yeah, relatively... Uh, um, not so black and white, so uh, that was a nice comment. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed working with them, and um, I think we uh, we had some really nice discussions. Yeah, so you're a PhD student, um, so do you want to just say a bit about your background and what you were studying? Um, so I started my bachelor, uh, bachelor studies in Wageningen. Uh, I studied animal science, and during my studies in animal science, I got really interested in um, learning about the environmental impact of animal production systems. Um, and so I knew that I wanted to proceed in that area and I chose for a master's studies in or organic agriculture. 
Um, and I did my internship at the Organic Research Institute in, uh, in, in Switzerland, FIBOL. Um, and there I saw so many people around me doing a PhD and they all seemed to be really enjoying it. Um, and although I never saw myself doing a PhD, I was like, hmm, this might be something for me. So then I decided after finishing my Masters of Organic Agriculture to, um, to do my PhD at Wageningen University as well. So I do my PhD in the Farming Systems Ecology Group, um, where we're really looking at uh, the redesign of food systems. And specifically, um, I'm working in the Circular Food Systems Group. So we're looking at circular agriculture, so how we can sort of close nutrient loops in the in the food system so we become more efficient with our inputs of, of resources and to produce enough healthy food actually for a growing population. Yeah, so you, you briefly touched on it just then. Uh, earlier in the session, you spoke about three main narratives around making food systems more sustainable. How do we make them more sustainable? Either focusing on production, focusing on consumption, but also this more circular narrative with animals as recyclers. Could you explain that? It's, it's really what you see coming back in, uh, in the literature that um, some groups are really focused on uh, producing the food that we're already producing, but trying to produce it in a more sustainable way. Um, and some groups are really focused on, okay, how can we change the demand of food in such a way that the overall consumption becomes more, more sustainable? Uh, and then you're, re yeah, they're often really referring to reducing the amount of animal products that we can eat. And then from a circular perspective, uh, we don't really look at necessarily um, directly the production or consumption, but we look more at, okay, how much resources do we actually have available? And based on what we have available, we will uh, limit the amount of animals that can actually grow on this availability. And when I'm talking about resources, I specifically, specifically mean um, the the biomass that we as humans cannot eat. So these are um, leftovers, uh, byproducts from the processing industry, uh, but also marginal grasslands. So if we take all of these um, biomass streams and we dedicate them only to animals, to feeding animals, how much animals can we then keep in the system? And then how much animal products can we produce with these animals in the system? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It, it's so interesting how you're researching and working on the whole food system as a whole, you know, which is so vast and complex. Yeah. Sometimes you, you forget that it's all about individual farms in the end. I mean, they're all connected, of course, and, and we, we try to connect them. I think it's important to connect them. Um, but like my supervisor Hannah van Zanze also really says that uh, we're more working towards a dot on the horizon so we're not really like our group is not really focusing on the changes that we can make tomorrow but more we have sort of this um, ideal view or ideal future that we want to move towards to and we try to see like okay of course we go back and we see okay what steps do we need to take to get there but we find it very important that there is this uh, opportunity to, yeah, sort of dream, you know, to, to just invent something that may seem very infeasible right now, but that may be possible in the future. And if you don't dare to see these possibilities or, 
or these to have these dreams then of course we're never going to get there yeah so so it's safe to say that you're pretty optimistic then you know you're confident we will get to a space where we will have a sustainable food system i think we have quite some challenges in front of us um and i think a lot needs to happen in order to become really yeah, yeah really really sustainable whatever that means then um <clears throat> so I definitely don't think that we can just relax and think it's all going to be okay. Um, there are some really concerning things going on. and um, Yeah, but I do think that we can do more than maybe we think right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm going to ask a question now that we asked some of the panelists earlier in the session, some of the participants, and now I'm going to throw it back to you to see what you think. If you could do anything... How would you motivate the consumer towards more environmental, sustainable food choices? Yeah, I think uh, that's an interesting one and it's also a very challenging one. Um, I know that the, the panel members or yeah, the group of participants came up uh, with education. Mm -hmm. And I think it is important to educate, but usually we see that education by itself, it's not enough. And so <clears throat> I'm... You know, there's a reason why I chose natural sciences and not social sciences. So I find it really difficult to just put myself in the position of the consumer. Mm. Um, but what I do think is um, that there, there is just a, there's also a responsibility to take for policymakers. Um, and I think in that sense, policymakers should also be educated and be informed very well and be aware of the consequences for the choices that they make. Um, and then I think that based on what policy decides and how we then influence the food market, we can help consumers to make the right choices. So maybe that would be limiting their choices, um, but also we need to get these big players like fast food change, we need to get them on board to make sure that yeah, we produce in a more more environmental-friendly yeah. yeah, way. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one debate that clearly people were very passionate about, especially in a room with a lot of farmers, many of which livestock and dairy farmers, the, the debate around plant-based versus meat production is incredibly contentious. What is your advice to people navigating this debate because there is clearly a lot of feeling by some of the participants earlier in the session that some of the public receive lots of misinformation on this so what is your advice to people sort of navigating that debate i think what i really tried to do today is is showing the different sides of the coin yeah. um, and it's not even a coin because that would mean that there are only two sides um it's uh i don't know it's more like a cubist or <laughs> there there are so many uh things and I think if you want to you know be involved in the debate you have to start by educating yourself and realize or, or learn about these different sides of the coin and then <clears throat> I think the second step is really think very well about the context that we're talking about in this debate so is this person in front of you is he talking about um, food consumption in the Western world or, or globally, or and is it talking about food consumption for the rich or for the poor, for the younger or, or, or for the elderly? It's, it, it's not um, a one-size-fits-all. So I think 
in the end it really comes down to individual food choices and that's also I think one thing that really came up in our discussion this afternoon that everyone should have a free choice of what they're consuming um, and I do agree with this there's no you know it's not that one thing is better than the other but yeah everyone should know the the consequences of uh, yeah, yeah a kilo a kilogram of meat or Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah exactly now finally for someone listening to this that may be inspired by what they're hearing on the podcast you know they want to make more informed decisions about their food eating in a more sustainable way where's a good place to start what's your advice if we look from a from a health perspective but also starting to be more also from an environmental perspective you can really uh, look at the food-based dietary guidelines of your country um, especially in developed countries, they're quite well informed and they have a scientific base behind it, why, why they do what they do. Um, and then I think there are some, some nice initiatives like, um, I think it's called um, Table, Food Table. It's a, it's a UK, um, yeah. it's a UK, like it's um, science-based. Uh, but they try to translate this science to to the broader public. So they also have a podcast called Food, I think. Um, they have a website where they post blogs, and so that that would be nice. Um, in general, because we know that we consume uh, more animal products than we need in the in the Western world, I think just swapping your piece of meat a couple of days a week uh, would already be a major change Mm -hmm. and just be very aware of it and of course reduce your food waste (laughs) yes yeah exactly exactly oh well thank you very much renee for giving up your time um to have a chat um thank you so much for joining us here at the study session this week and you've chosen a good day to be here enjoy your evening i hope you enjoy the international buffet tonight thank you so much it's gonna be fun you are listening to you are listening to you are listening to rural voices the rural youth europe podcast thank you so much to renee for that chat and for joining us here at the study session it makes all the difference having the expertise from people like renee to give us all food for thought now that was pun intended because tonight we do have the international buffet where each country shares some food and drink from their country I've seen some interesting fish cakes from Estonia, some Norwegian sausage, an array of different German wines, and it wouldn't be an international buffet without some Tato crisps from Ireland. We don't have any representatives from Northern Ireland at this event, so we've just got the Southern Ireland Tato crisps, so at least we've avoided that rivalry this year. Have a look at our Instagram. We will be posting photos from all the different tables at the International Buffet. It would definitely be worth looking at. Now, as we get closer to the end of the week, let's have a bit of a debrief and a chat with some of the participants about how they found the week and what they've learned. Hello all. So my name is Megan Powell and I am from Irwood YFC, which is sort of in the middle of Wales. So I'm from Wales young farmers organization and what motivated you to apply and be here this week um so i actually applied back in 2019 so that was a long time ago now but obviously covid got in the way 
Um, and I wasn't quite sure if I was going to be able to come because obviously I was doing my master's and I've got exams. So I was starting to panic a bit, but I thought, you know, apply. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity and the worst they can say is no, isn't it? So thankfully my application was accepted and oh, it, it's scary to think that I even considered not coming because I've had such a great week. Yeah, I mean, we're at the end of the week now. Um, is there anything, looking back at the week, is there anything in particular that you've learnt and that you're going to take away from this week? Well, can I just say I am absolutely exhausted. And that's purely because I I don't want to go to sleep at night. Like, you go to bed and you're just so conscious. You're like, hang on, am I missing out on something? Because you learn so many different things and meet so many different people. And even going around Budapest, you're learning about Hungarian culture. But then coming up here... Um, up to the fourth floor where we have all our meetings and you're learning about different cultures from uh, Italy or, well, England or (laughs) Georgian culture just because it's so diverse. And I don't think I realised the variety of cultures and practices and how they varied within uh, Europe. Yeah, totally, totally agree. It's amazing. Um, Is there any particular sessions that have stood out to you this week? Um, I really enjoyed uh, the session with Renee. Uh, Renee was talking about sort of the place of livestock in a sustainable uh, food system in the future. And she was very well-rounded, I felt. She sort of spoke about three different narratives and how we can all, you know, it's not just a case of one size fits all and we need to be diverse in our approaches and sort of the importance of livestock in a sustainable food system, which is quite refreshing because obviously they're sometimes painted as the devil. But she really sort of spoke, she was, she was a champion for the industry. Absolutely. Right, okay, finally, let's talk about food. You've all been working on your own recipes this week, looking at how it can be more sustainable. Briefly, can you explain what is your recipe? What dish have, have you been working on? And when it was being analysed by its sustainability, has anything changed to the recipe? Well, coming from Wales, I could not put in anything but Welsh cakes. So Welsh cakes, um, I think I like to describe them as a dense scone, if you know what a scone is, or like a dense flat cake. They're quite sturdy. Um, well, they had to be very sturdy because my mum actually baked the ones I had for the international evening and I had to fly them across fly them across Europe. Um, but when we went through the recipes yesterday, I think I realised uh, that although I can't really change the recipe of Welsh cakes because it's quite simplistic, really, but you can definitely view in the sourcing of where I get the sugar, make sure it's fair trade or try and use uh, locally sourced, though we don't have many have dairy farms in Mid Wales where I'm from, but um, finding Welsh butter so we've got low food miles as possible. Brilliant. Oh, well, I can confirm that the Welsh cakes are flipping good. I had one, I had one during the International Buffet and it was great. Um, just quickly, before we finish, you were also recording a podcast at this event. What's the podcast? Give it a plug. So... Uh, I have been recording a podcast for Wales YFC. It's a fantastic sort of series because it's very diverse because it's not just one host. I am one of many members who have contributed to this podcast. So I think the current series we're on is me and YFC. But if you type in Wales YFC into Spotify or any other of your streaming platforms, I'm sure you'll find us. Yes, definitely do it. I am a listener of the Wales YFC podcast. It is a good one. Um, Thank you so much, Meg, for doing this. And I hope you have a great final day in Budapest. I am Vita from Czech Republic. 
uh, and I'm a farmer. So I belong to SEJA, uh, but I'm a member of Czech uh, organization, which is uh, collecting young farmers. And what made you want to apply and be here this week? I love meeting new people and I love these uh, sessions uh, with SEJA. Um, because the people are always the best here, <laughs> and I'm also a Cocorido, a Cocorido ambassador. So for me, it was the best choice to uh, to take it again. This uh, type of topic. Yeah. So um, it's great that you're a Cocorido ambassador as well as attending here at the study session. We're Rural Youth Europe partners in the Cocorido project, and we will have a podcast episode coming out soon from that training session in Brussels. Um, so what did you learn this week that you hadn't learned before? Uh, well, uh, I learned some more information about uh, emissions and everything like that. But, you know, I'm a farmer, so I, I'm I'm working uh, also in the food chain. I have, so we are selling meat. So a lot of, I know a lot of things I was working uh, the food chain, but for me it was interesting that a lot of people here don't know about the food chain so it was interesting to for me uh, to share experience with them and something like that yeah yeah sh- sharing knowledge and sharing experiences is, is what these kind of events are all about um what were some of your favorite sessions this week favorite session um my favorite session was um yeah we'll be creating the food chain of every uh item what we got was nice. Yeah, no, we had a session where we were mapping the food chain of different foods and and all the different elements that make up that food system. And yeah, it was really interesting breaking that down. Um, on the topic of food, what is your recipe? What was your dish that you're adding to the cookbook? Uh, mine was a roast sirloin with cream and dumplings nice uh, it's a traditional our country oh brilliant well i look forward to giving it a try when i've got the cookbook i tried <laughs> um brilliant thank you so much vita for coming on the podcast and i hope you have a good rest of your time here in budapest yeah i hope so So I'm Tabia Falls. Um, I'm from Germany and I'm like part of the organization from Bund Deutscher Landjugend. So it's like the Landjugend um, of Germany, um, the World Youth of Germany. And um, yeah, I'm studying sociology and um, communication right now. So I think it's also pretty interesting because like food waste and also like the whole food system is part of like a really big social problem that is just like really connected to sociology. So I really thought it was interesting to also connect that with each other somehow. Yeah, yeah, that is so cool. I can see why why you wanted to be here this week, especially with the sort of variety of different people from different backgrounds being here. Um, is there anything in particular that you've learned this week that you're taking away? I think I've learned actually a lot. What was really interesting, what was Rini was saying, like that there are these three main um, things you can do to make the world a little bit more sustainable. So um, produce more for less and be a lot like having vegetarian or vegan diet. And also the um, third one, um, animals as recyclers. I think that was also something really interesting. Like I knew that vegan and reach, uh, vegetarian diet are like a good thing to do it, but the other two I didn't really saw before. So that was really good to just like mm. have that as well. And yeah. Kind of, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and so, what were some of your favorite sessions? Mm, I think it really was the one with Renee, and also like today about like lobbying and the thing because I really like to listen to um, like speakers as well, and then just um, learn something from them new, like, and then just 
maybe also do something with it so that it sticks to your head a little bit more so the combination between these both is like really nice yeah yeah definitely um and finally what is the dish that you're adding to the cookbook <laughs> it was Kässpätzle. <laughs> what, what is that? <laughs> it's actually really nice. It's some kind of noodles, but really special noodles just from South Germany with a lot of cheese and a lot of oh, onion rings. Nice. Ah, oh, sold. I'm definitely trying that. <laughs> you should do it. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> Oh, well, what a week we have had at the European Youth Centre in Budapest. We've got 24 participants that are going away with lots of knowledge about food systems and sustainability, how to get their voices heard and and try and make positive change, as well as lots of new friends and memories to look back on. Make sure you keep an eye out on our social media channels because we will be publishing online the cookbook, which you've heard about several times in the episode. This will feature all of these sustainable recipes from so many different countries across Europe. I hope you will have a go at some of them. Post your photos on social media. Give Rural Youth Europe a tag. Use the hashtag Feed It Forward. We can't wait to see them. We will announce on our social media as soon as that is available. So that's it for our time in Budapest and episode one of the new series. In episodes coming up, you'll hear all about our first Co-Coriado project training in Brussels and of course, our upcoming European rally in Germany. Make sure you hit subscribe or follow so that you don't miss out on those episodes. To close out today's episode, let's hear a little bit more from the participants recorded at our final farewell barbecue on the last night. Hello, I'm Julia from Slovenia. I'm coming from Slovenian Rural Youth Association, uh, ZSPM as well known. There was multiple highlights. We had so much uh, interesting different topics uh, from getting to know the food chains, how this works and uh, also human rights and also to meet these great people and to make good connections to get to know cultures and everything. Is there something that you learn from just talking to one of the other participants? Is there some something from just having a conversation with someone else that you're going to take away from this experience? One that pop out now of my mind, it's uh, I had conversation with Jana from Germany and we talked about how they uh, prepare uh, activities and how many weekends they have for their organization and it's really important to have a great team to work with. Okay, hello, my name is Essie and I'm coming from Finland. Uh, for example, the international evening was so good. It was, <laughs> it was nice, but uh, of course, uh, very nice program and very nice city. What was your favorite thing in the international buffet? Um, uh, yeah, actually, I liked Slovenian cheese and uh, German wine. Nice. I did have a sample or two of the German wine and it was good. Hello, I'm Mataya. I'm from Slovenia. I learned a lot of things, how other farmers in other countries grow things and uh, what kind of a problem they have. Uh, and actually it's really similar similar to our country. We have like the same problem. So it was really a nice discussion because all of the farmer in all Europe have like the similar problems and maybe we can find resolution together. <laughs> Hello, I am Tamriko and I'm from Georgia. So this week mostly I liked the discussion 
uh, in uh, where the participant has a chance to set their own opinion about it, in spite of the fact that they don't have just background such as others. Uh, and as well, I, like, I liked the intercultural evening because it was really nice. Um, and what, what else? Uh, I am really grateful uh, each of the day which, we, which I spent here. Hello, I'm Krista and I'm from Estonia. Uh, especially I want to start that the people who came here, they have so much uh, in spirit for all these problems we have and we want to work together and uh, I'll take uh, with me at home all the knowledge that I've given from the sessions and also from the other, other participants because there are so much to learn more and to teach also. Thank you for your conversation as well. I'm so happy to share my, uh, my experiences with you and also to all the listeners. Thank you for listening us. You are listening to. You are listening to. You are listening to. Rural Voices. The Rural Youth Europe podcast.